We are in the condition we are in, in the state of ignorance we are in, in the state of war, in the state of economic depression, in the state of depletion of the resources of our planet because of the greed of psychopaths who thought they could create their own reality. Well, look at the reality they created. You're listening to Sock Talk Radio, the world for people who think. Hello and welcome back to Sock Talk Radio. Today we're speaking with Patrick Rodriguez and Heather Hayes. I'm joined in the studio. Before I introduce them, I'm joined today, of course, by, as usual, Joe Quinn. Hi there. Pierre Lescaudron. Bonjour. And Laura's joining us again. You're just so lucky. <laughs> Thank you, Laura. So, yes, as I was saying, we're speaking with Patrick Rodriguez and Heather Hayes. Rodriguez is an intuitive healer and hypnotherapist with many years' experience. Heather is a psychic medium who works with Patrick in practicing spirit release and soul therapy sessions. Patrick has a website, soulrescuesite.com, and has published a book, The Soul Rescue Manual, Releasing Earthbound Spirits, while Heather teaches psychic energy healing. A very big welcome to both of you, Patrick and Heather. Thank you, Joe. It's truly an honor to be here among the SOT and the Cassiopeia members, and thank you for having us. No problem. It's great. It's great. To, it's great that you've decided or agreed to join us. Um, um, so, are the term "soul rescue"? Uh, it's probably not a very commonly known term. I'm not sure if anybody's ever, uh, most people out there in the world, let's say, in, in, in normal society haven't, would never really put those two words together. Um, what, what exactly is Soul Rescue and how did you, you yourself get into it in the first place? That's a great story, actually, one I, I really kind of enjoy telling. Um, Soul Rescue is about helping earthbound spirits to transition. And it starts with the theory that, you know, we're all alive and we're all going to die at some point and that we have a spirit. And for many spirits, they don't see or something more urgent comes up than going into the light. Some people call it heaven, nirvana, whatever you want to call it, or the light. And some souls just don't go into the light and they remain here on the earth plane. So the way I got into this is I was um, married several years ago, and I was married to this very gifted, highly uh, psychic woman, and um, she would channel angels and spirit guides. And day she starts hearing footsteps in the hallway, and she freaks out. And I was like, well, why are you freaking out? I mean, you see spirit guides, you see angels, well, why this? And she's like, these are dead people. <laughs> <laughs> that made me laugh. And I said, well, well, let's talk to them. Let's see what they want. And she could. She was like, uh, I don't know about this. And so I finally, I don't want to say forced her. I was like, maybe... Um, 
invited her several times <laughs> to talk to them. Interesting. You know, they just got lost along the way. And the first uh, young man that we ever had a session with, it was uh, a young man who uh, was a gay young man. having an affair with another young priest and tortured killed. And so the light comes along and he's like, no way, right? And um, so we I would love to say it was a success and everything was wonderful, but he didn't go. Go to the light. She's like, no, that ain't working for me. So the next one we did was a little better and the next one we did was a little better. We finally were able to help the first young man and um, we just had all these really... Um, you know, some people or some couples will come home at night and watch TV, and we would come home and we would uh, do these soul rescue sessions. And then she started seeing people. And I was like, oh, this is interesting. So we started helping these people with attached spirits. And then she started seeing what we commonly term as demons. That began a whole other thing. But that's how I got started. Patrick, okay. Patrick, could you make sure that your connection is plugged in really tight? Well, or It's his phone. It's, you're on a landline, Patrick, yeah? I'm on a cell phone. Am I not coming in clear? Yeah, it's you, kind of you breaking keep up. cutting out. Do you have a landline? I apologize. apologize. No problem. Yeah, but you know, I never give it out, so I don't even know what it is. Just <laughs> Uh, if you have a landline, maybe I'm we can sorry. call you on the landline and, and have a better quality. Absolutely. I apologize about that. You, you can you can email it to me, Patrick, if you want, if you don't want to give it right over the Internet. <laughs> yeah, well, let's go on to Heather, and uh, I'll go oh. ahead and email the uh, landline. Okay. Number. All right. Uh, are you there, Heather? Yes. We can we can move on to you, I suppose, while we, we get Patrick sorted on a proper line. Um, so, um, do you feel, can you tell us a bit about your own background or how it all started for you? I mean, this rather unusual career choice that you, you've chosen. Um, actually, when I was uh, a teenager, I started experiencing strange things and thought I was going insane because I would hear uh, people talking when there was nobody in the room and just certain things would happen around my house or around other people. I would just know things. And then I started confiding in my best friend who I knew was into uh, the supernatural and other things. <laughs> and he was able to identify that I had abilities. And from there, I was able to learn. Um different things about, uh, I started to research different aspects of different psychic abilities and started to try to expand on them, but it wasn't accepted within my family, so it was kind of under the radar, only when I was hanging out with my friends type of thing. <laughs> but, um... <laughs> and then well, I, Heather... Heather, let me ask you. Um, 
you know, one of the things that I uh, found most fascinating when I was doing spirit release therapy, of course, I did it uh, mostly different. I did it with hypnosis and with a direct subject, although I did work with uh, mediums on several occasions. Um, but the thing that I found most <clears throat> fascinating was the metaphoric nature of what you see and what you experience. Uh, you know, how does that come to you when you, I mean, you just see that or you feel it or does it just, you know, kind of come into your mind like a bubble? When somebody's talking and I can't get exactly what uh, uh, to follow the energy, I will get a metaphor to explain it to me a little better. It just comes into my mind. I'm not quite sure how to explain it otherwise. And um, during the sessions, you are in a light trance, in a conscious trance. You're not in deep trance. So could you explain how your conscious self and the, the spirit interact? Is it uh, telepathic? Is it, uh, how does it work? Or how, what do you feel? How, is there a boundary between a conscious self and the spirit? Um, um, when I'm talking to spirits or anything, they appear to me as... This is why I thought I was going insane when I was a teenager, because they appear to me as people just like you and me. <coughs> so You mean um, you can when, see them? So it's like I'm talking to you, uh, except they don't have the, if they're spirits, they don't have that, the body energy, so to speak. They just have their energy. I don't know if that makes sense, but. Yeah, well, I had a really delightful friend who was, I mean, just absolutely so psychic, just like what you're describing about yourself. And she she was quite elderly at the time that I knew her, and this has been a long time ago. But she said for her it was like there was always a almost like a television that was on nearly all the time, as you know, every day, all day long, and she was seeing you know, these uh, spirits or these metaphoric images or, you know, things, and, and they were just kind of running at the same time. It was like she was looking at life with two screens. So the one screen was the real world where she was, and she didn't mess it up or mix it up, but she knew it was, you know, which was which. But she said it's like a television, like a screen. You see this all the time. It, it just never was not there for her. Is, is that what you kind of experience? Right, but at first it was like I was seeing them both in the same position. If that makes sense. <laughs> mm. yeah. And, and wow. can you can I, uh, can I just interrupt you? I'm going to get Patrick back on the okay on the line for a second. Okay. Hello. Hi, Patrick. Hello. Hi, I'm here. Okay. Cool. Okay, you're back. Uh, I had one more question for Heather. Uh, Heather, can you connect and disconnect at will from this spirit world, or does it pop up in your life without you having much control on it? Um, I kind of just let it go now. Uh, I used to turn it off because it was sometimes too much to handle, but now I can um, I can handle it better now. Uh, when I was younger, not so much. I would turn it off all the time, but now it's just like if I turn it off, um, it just becomes harder to, I don't know how to explain it. It's, if I do turn it off, then sometimes it's hard to reconnect. Uh-huh. Uh, and, and for example, when 
for example, right now we are talking to you, the fact that you are talking to some people, do you access their spirit world or do you only see, do you only hear what, uh, uh, what we're communicating through words or do you have some uh, insight onto uh, other realities? Um, can you explain that a little bit better? Uh, I like think what the, he means is, go, go ahead. I, but, I think uh, he's, he's asking, are, are you kind of tuning into us uh, naturally, or would you have to, like, be, you know, like aim a direction, directional beam or something, and you know, will willing, a willing or a, you know, aiming kind of thing, or is it just something that just happens? Like, you know, are you talking to us? Are you seeing stuff about us? Or do you have to deliberately do that? It's not that I have to deliberately do it. Uh, I can see some things as you talk, but I'd, I would have to tune in to see, like, your energy body and every, all the timeline and everything else that we do. Right, right. Okay. okay. We dropped Pat- Patrick again for some reason. I'm going to have to call him back. Hang on. Oops. Hi, Patrick. Hello, Patrick. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Are you there, Patrick? No, no. When I called a minute ago, it just... uh... All right, right, Heather. Tell us what's going on here. I mean... (laughs) (laughs) He's dropping in and out of another reality. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not quite sure been having some trouble lately with his uh, phones. Okay. And uh, we've we've been having trouble as well with our radio shows. They drop here and there. Yeah, whenever we get on very interesting topics, you know, we we have all kinds of electronic problems. It's just really amazing, but, you know, we've we kind of taken in stride and try to work our way through it. So, Jack customer you have called is unavailable to take your call. Please leave oh. a message after the tone. Uh, no, we don't want to leave a message. Maybe another question for Heather, waiting for Patrick to reconnect. Um, Heather, when did you start working with uh, Patrick? Actually, when I was uh, when I first started doing my classes, uh, I wanted to learn different aspects because what I do when I teach is I go around learning different teachings and kind of make it my own. It's kind of like if you learn how to make a recipe and then you make it your own type of thing. So uh, my best friend had told me that he started going to this class and that he really liked it and wanted to see what I thought of it. So I was like, okay, that's cool. And then uh, I met Patrick and for some reason I got an interesting energy from Patrick. So I kept attending the classes to learn more. And that's when we really started hitting it off, uh, talking about our different aspects of teaching and uh, different things that we agree on or disagree on. Hmm. How long ago did you meet? About a year ago. Okay. Okay. Right, let me try again. Hello, Patrick? Sounds like... There's something really wrong with his landline there. Um, did he say that he might have to search for it as in 
he doesn't use it often. But what do you mean? His landline? No, he was on a minute ago. Oh. And it dropped again. Okay. Uh, uh, it keeps dropping. So you know what? I'm just going to call him back on the cell phone uh, since that <laughs> actually worked. And, uh, and maybe he can move in a place where the reception, yeah. where the range is better. Yeah. Really? Patrick? <laughs> this is getting a little weird. <laughs> so anyhow, okay. Anyhow, we're going to talk to you, Heather, while we're trying to see if we can sort out this uh, this phone problem. I think okay. Joe's, going to, Joe's going to go try on a different phone. And I think Pierre has one more question he wants to ask, and then I'll come back. Yeah. Um, in his book, Patrick describes three types or three levels of mediums. And I wanted to know if, in your case, you immediately reach this third level of channeling medium where you can uh, fully interact with the spirit, see the spirit, talk to the spirit, etc. Or if you had to go through the, the first two steps, how did it evolve? How did it develop? Um, actually, at first, I kind of uh, didn't really pay attention to it too much because I was told uh, by my mother that, you know, it's uh, it's not good or she thought that I was uh, I had mental problems or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So um, I tried to ignore it at first, but it came to the point where I could not because if I would get angry and I would walk down the street, the lights would go off behind me. And then I would get, I don't know, it was uh, to the point where I just couldn't ignore it anymore emotionally. So that's when I started to talk to my best friend about uh, my problems. And then he told me, this is how you could fix it. Um, work with it. <laughs> do you so uh, tend to... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say, do you tend to have things break around you in startling ways from time to time? Uh, it was that way at first, but since I've learned how to control uh, it a little bit better, not so much now, but I still have problems with watches. <laughs> ah. And... Um... How would you describe the main feelings, the main emotions that dominate the spirit worlds? Um, those earthbound spirit, what is the, the main emotion? Um, the feelings that I get from spirits is that they have raw emotion, and I don't know if that makes sense, but basically it seems like when they detach from their bodies, they're just raw emotion. <laughs> so you really have to kind of cut yourself off uh, with your own emotions to be able to handle it. Because it comes through very, very viscally for you? Right. Okay. And um, when you help an earthbound spirit to transition, do you get a taste of uh, afterlife, what people talk about? You know, this 
light this piece? Do you um, see part of it? When he tells me to help it to to help the spirit to cross over, I uh, when he says the easy transition and everything, I will see bits and pieces or flashes of their life, and then I have it just goes really bright. I don't know if that explains it very well, but that's what I see. <laughs> but do you um, when you uh, I, I want to come back to part of Pierre's question. What is, what feeling do you encounter? What emotion do you encounter among uh, earthbound spirits most often? I mean, is it like, are most of them afraid or are most of them angry or most of them, you know, uh, hurt, upset? You know, I mean, is is there like a predominating feeling that you get from a larger number of them than the others? Uh, it seems like the most emotion that we come across is loneliness. Uh, they seem to not understand sometimes why people are ignoring them or something like that, you know. Uh-huh. Are they even aware that they have deceased, that they're dead, so to speak? Most of the time, no, if they're earthbound. No. I see. So they're going around in a world they think is the same world they knew before, and they don't understand why people ignore them, because they think they're right. still alive. Yeah. So that's one of the first steps, I suppose, during this technique, is to make the spirit aware that he doesn't have a body anymore. Right. How do they react to this news? Most of the time they don't believe you, and then you get other things involved, and then they suddenly start thinking, oh, well, maybe, because, you know, you wouldn't see angels otherwise, right? (laughs) (laughs) What do you see when you, uh, I I mean, I noticed that Patrick uses this particular technique when he calls on angels and helpers and so on and so forth. Do you actually see them? I do. He actually asked me what I see when I see the the fallen, and um, he described to me what, other medians have seen or told him that they've seen, and I see them as golden people. And I don't know if that makes sense, but yeah, it's just like people with bright gold behind them. Uh huh. And are there lots of them? Uh, there seems to be. <laughs> I mean, when we're working with people, it seems like they they show up quite commonly. So. Well, what I've my my experience has been, and of course, you know, my my whole way of working, thinking, whatever is, is somewhat different. You know, I, I I do have the problem with breaking things, and I do have the problems with uh, lots of information coming into my head. I have heard voices, you know, had all kinds of paranormal experiences, but I try to, you know, I try to damp that sort of thing down and deal with it in a more um, direct way nowadays, but. <clears throat> Uh, my experience has been that uh, um, when I've worked with a medium, they see that there's like, you know, just like all, I mean, it's like this whole parallel world all around us that's just teeming with activity. Is that what you see? Um, when they're on ours, you can feel that they don't, it's not that they don't belong here, but it's kind of like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, Patrick, are you there now? Yes, I apologize. I'm here. Okay, no problem. Good. He's back. Uh, I don't know what's going on. We now and again we have problems with with various technical glitches that just seem to happen at interesting times, and we'll put it down to that, you know. Yeah, and they are always slightly different, so we're yeah. ne- we can never figure out yeah. what it was. Uh, Pat- Ditto. Patrick. Yeah, Patrick, could you just go back and say what you were saying? At yeah. the beginning again. Yeah, you were talking about how you got into this and you got to the part where where your wife was seeing demons or something along yeah, the line. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so, yeah, so, that, so carry that took on. us in a whole other direction because um I was already involved in doing emotional release, um, hypnotherapy, this type of things and kind of combining all of these things. And so it just made sense to me to help these spirits in a therapeutic way. And I kept wanting to find out, like, it just came to me to use the emotions and energy and the emotions of energy. So that's how it started was doing, like, these therapy sessions for lost souls and um, then when we started getting into seeing people with attachments, it was very evident because what she would see was an uh, intermixing or an intertwining of energy. And the way she described it is like you have the aura or energy of the living person was intertwined with the aura, the energy of the spirit. When And the longer that the spirit had been attached the more intertwined the energy fibers were. And so by focusing on the emotions, releasing the emotions is what released the energy. And uh, that's how we proceeded with the um, spirit release. When it came to demons, what she noticed was that um, they all had jobs, and so it just made sense to me. It was like, oh, okay, rather than deal with this good, bad, because I know there are a lot of uh, methodologies of, well, you know you're doing bad and you know you're doing this to the person. It just made sense of, hey, you're doing a good job. <laughs> yeah. What do you do here? And that got information. It's like, well, can we offer you a better job? Can we offer you better real estate? And um, we were doing that for a while, and, that was effective. But um, eventually she started channeling a spirit guide that said, um, you know, basically I heard your call from the universe and I'm here to try to help out. And uh, it was it was an amazing experience for like two or three years, several times a week. It was like going to college for spirit release and stuff like this. And so, Laura, when you talk about like your channeling, I, I had a very similar experience. Where it was it was like college? It was like take notes. It was do this. It was like a professor that she channeled that would say it's like this, and um, so I just learned that way. And what the working model is is the working model is we have fallen angels. Fallen angels employ demons, if you will. I call them workers. And they come as a way to resonate with hurts and pains. Uh, 
And so you have a person that goes through something really traumatic in one life or another, or even this life, and it's like, I don't ever want this to happen again. And that's a key difference. It's not, I want this or I want that. It's, I don't want this or I don't want that. And that's when the call comes in. Workers are put in. It's like, yeah, I resonate with your pain. And then the workers are put in so that he doesn't have to feel that pain. Um, and it just developed over time, like the how-tos, um, the working model developed. But it's all revolved around emotions, which uh, correspond to energy. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, I think it's really fascinating. And, it, you know, like you say, it's you, you work slightly different. You came at it from a slightly different way than I did. And... Uh, but at the same time, it's all—it's very similar. Um, you know, I'm yeah, always telling yeah. people. And when I saw your videos, I was just so impressed and so thankful because you're the only one that I'm aware of that has put their complete methodology freely available online, and the world doesn't even know how much of a gift that you've given it by doing that. So on behalf of everyone, I thank you for that. Well, thank you. It's just one way of going at it. And I think it's more, uh, you know, kind of like the pragmatic way um, uh, that it's kind of designed to work for anybody, even somebody who is not necessarily psychic uh, Mm -hmm. or or particularly gifted. Um, You know, it's and like I said, you know, usually I would work with, excuse me, with um, a person directly under hypnosis. But uh, often enough, I did work with a medium, and I found that to be you know, extremely fascinating. And, and like I said in the video, I used to do a lot of experimental work. I would work with the, uh, with the medium, get the whole picture, not do anything, just get the picture, and then get the individual in, put them under hypnosis, and see if what the medium was seeing is what the uh, subject was seeing. You know? And, it, and it, there was enough correspondence to convince me that what was going on was real. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I'll take that even a step further, is even when it doesn't match, what I find is that there's enough of a match. So Heather will see something uh, metaphorically, and the client will say, no, that doesn't feel accurate. And I'm like, "Uh, okay, listening to the client, listening to Heather, I'm going to go with Heather because I know energetically it'll be something that is directly related, that's underlying and um, it just happens that, you know, whatever we go after energetically will be enough that it causes a uh, domino effect for the person. And that's yeah. really what we're after. Yeah. We're, we're not after, and I think that's something that's very different with um, people who are trying to get well, all this detailed information about past lives and detailed information about the spirits and when they attached and so on and so forth. All we really care about is helping people feel better and get more control over their lives. Yeah, yeah, and that's ultimately what it is about. But you know, I had I had to go through a number of years uh, experimenting with it. You know, uh, get, gaining some conviction in my mind that it was real because you know it's just like uh, <laughs> it's a trip. It, it, it's a trip. It really is. It's. Uh, and then when you finally realize that it is it is so real and that there is just basically a crowd of of entities all around you all the time 
uh, it gives you a completely different perspective on your world. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Patrick, one of the things you talk about in your in your book, uh, <coughs> The Soul Rescue Manual, um, is that part of the problem um, in terms of how these things actually happen in the first place, how people get attached or why there are uh, earthbound spirits, as, as you call them, um, is that people aren't taught, living people aren't taught about how to... Well, they aren't taught accurate information about about death, what it is, and what happens afterwards. A lot of people, I mean, you can imagine uh, the confusion based on your on this theory of you know uh, life after death and um, reincarnation and stuff. You can imagine the, the confusion of an atheist uh, mm-hmm. when they die if they're yeah. presented with something like this. Yeah, yeah. Um. You know, let's take just the medical model of the world. The medical model of the world is all about keeping people alive. Forget quality of life. Forget mm-hmm. about, you know, just a, sometimes in some people's cases, it's like up to a dozen different medications without regard to side effects. Um, you know, even keeping a person alive in a vegetable state, there's a fear of dying even though we're all going to do it. And so there's this mass consciousness of fear of dying. We don't know how to die. And, um, you know, there's the religious context as well. There's heaven and there's hell. And so a person dies, and it's like, okay, now what? Even though for each and every single one of us, it's a very natural process, and if we just go with the flow Everything's going to work out. And this includes, by the way, people who commit suicide. There's a huge misnomer about if you you know, commit suicide, you're going straight to hell. And mm. what we've seen over and over again is that's not the case. That's not accurate. No. But if you have all this self-judgment about it, that's a different story. Then it becomes yeah. a very painful experience. Um, yeah. But if you're taught, it's okay mm-hmm. to die. You know, even if you te- if you're taught within a religious context, you know, if you're taught um, focus on Jesus or Mother Mary, you're still going to be okay. Mm. But people who remained earthbound, it's it's not always about fear. Um, it can be a mother that is concerned for her children. So out of love, out of caring, out of fear, she races to her children in spirit, but she doesn't have a physical body, right? a father, um, a child who was told, um, don't go near the well, and then falls in the well and drowns. All these things are, you know, actual examples of people that remained earthbound that I've uh, encountered. Yeah. Mm. It's, it's, for me, it was, it was, uh, it was just like an ongoing tragedy that uh, so many people were so confused and so lost and and I would tell people you know what you're doing is is you're doing therapy with somebody who no longer has a body through the vehicle of somebody who does Mhm Absolutely So it yeah and and the thing the, the other thing that uh, would upset me was what you just said was uh, people are not taught how to die and yet it is the one thing that each and every one of us will do, and that's 
you know, without question, we will all die. And yet our society, our culture, our civilization does not deal with this. And, and, that's, and I think it just creates this huge cloud of suffering, not only on the level of, of spirits that don't know how to die, you know, don't know what to do after they're dead, but the human beings that become attached because, you know, they, they are there and they uh, have some kind of sen- sensorium that these spirits can attach to. It's just really, it's tragic. It's tragic. Yeah, and Laura, I know that you promote the um, the Don Juan books. I've seen that in a couple of your writings, and I love that, by the way. And Don Juan, you know, repeatedly tells Carlos, make friends with death. Let death be your friend. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. you should never forget. It's right behind your left shoulder all the time. That's right. Yeah, yeah actually, I was reading last night about in ancient Rome, whenever a, a military general, in this case Caesar, would... Uh, earn the honor of having a triumph through the city. He would be paraded, you know, through the streets of Rome. And part of the ritual was somebody would be standing over his right shoulder, constantly whispering in, in his ear, something like, "You two are going to die," over and over, yeah. just to oh, keep him, remind him, yeah. keep him in check. You're just a man. Yeah. You're not a god, and you're going to die. Everything. Yeah. yeah. I have a question. Uh, did it ever happen during a? a spiritualist therapy that both the guest, the spirit guest, and the host decided to stay together? <laughs> yeah. Um, it's happened to me. <laughs> yeah. Um, it was actually a friend of ours who was just convinced that uh, the spirit was there even though he was uh, uh, earthbound, that he was helping them, or helping him, and that uh, it was of mutual benefit. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> what are you going to do? Hmm. Well, the one I had was a 70-some-year-old man whose father had attached to him at about the age of 19 when his, his father died, when he was 19, and had been with him all those years, and he'd never been able to have a resolution about, you know, not being there when his father died. And when time came to do the release, you know, he said, he said, I'm going to be going soon myself. Can't we go together? Yeah. Mm. Oh, wow. Well, I suppose. And if I may, that's actually where the soul therapy of what we do comes into play so importantly. And like I said, what the experience we had was with a friend, and it was the, during a class that I was teaching. And um, so I was teaching specifically spirit release during that class. Um, but when we do client sessions, what we're working on specifically, other than spirit release, we're also working on the uh, energy body, the aura energy body, whatever you want to call it. And we're helping to release those ties. So we're releasing the need to have something outside of themselves so that they know that their own divine connection is enough. Um, And we'll invite in other energies like love, self-acceptance, things of this nature, whatever the person needs to help neutralize the traumatic event in their life that's causing that emotional need. 
And uh, when we do that, we don't have the the need to keep whatever outside energies are around. Um, Very often we have um, soul fragments of parents. So if you have a very overbearing mother that wants to control your life, even while she's living, she can still send soul fragments to kind of like be in you. And you'll have people, it's like, I can hear my mother constantly, 24 hours a day, in my ear. <laughs> and that happens. It's, it's, it's very frequent. It's a fairly common occurrence. It's because the mother has soul fragments attached to the daughter or son. And we have to work on the energy of the person to be able to be comfortable to release those soul fragments. It reminds, like me of, uh, it reminds me of Don Juan in uh, one of those books. He mentions that when a man and a woman have sex, there are energetic links that get created and that last for seven years. Mm-hmm. Um, another question that uh, came to my mind, you mentioned the case of this friend where obviously the guest and the host were happy together. Um, did you encounter cases where the, the host wanted to get rid of the guest, but you didn't manage to get rid of the guest? I can't think of one. I don't want to say that's never happened, but I can't think of one. Heather? Uh, no, I don't think... Uh... Well, uh, when doing the house clearings, I guess that could compare. Because mm. for a little while I did house cleansings and uh, there was uh, an ex of mine. His grandmother stayed there and didn't like what they were doing to the house, so she wanted it out. Uh, I don't mm-hmm. know if that really compares to what you're asking, but I guess yeah, that's yeah. similar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In, in, in psychology, in psychotherapy, if somebody has a problem and they go seek help with a particular problem, but usually the therapist will quickly realize there are many problems all connected together, it often takes quite a long time for the person to work through it. Now, that's what I've noticed is the big difference between that and what's going on here, where it seems that within minutes this kind of soul therapy can be affected. Um, it's a big discrepancy. Is, there, is it because of a time is different in the two places, or it just works differently? It works to different rules, maybe. Well, first thing, I mean, as, as much as I appreciate the observations, I really don't want to get across that this is a miracle cure or that, you know, this is the be-all, end-all, and, you know, we're going to wave a magic wand and your life is going to be like roses and rainbows. Um, that's not the case. Having said that, one of the things that I really appreciated about Laura's videos is when she introduces the topic of spirits and the effect of spirits' lives, is one of the things with psychotherapy, traditional psychotherapy, with the exception of Dr. Shakyamuni Shakyamuni Modi, I, I know I'm messing up that word, most psychiatrists and psychotherapists 
don't recognize the um, existence of spirits or their effect on people's lives. So just by removing these things, it does have a major effect on people. In addition, by working both on the spirit side and on the energy side, as well as the um, um, conscious belief side, um, I believe that we're able to have a greater effect on people. And so I'm very open to giving people uh, conscious exercise. So it's like, okay, we're going to do this to your energy body, or not to your energy body, but rather working with your energy body. We're going to release these spirits. But also I'd like you to do some of these breathing exercises, or I might recommend to someone doing an exercise like emotional freedom technique, EFT, doing the tapping exercise, um, things like that. So it's a combination. And I know that uh, Laura also does a lot of that, where it's, hey, it's not just one thing. All these things and those combinations, I believe, is what has a major impact. Yeah, it's not a. There's not a magic bullet, and people have to, uh, you know, accumulate knowledge, knowledge of themselves, and and knowledge of things in the world, and apply those things to their lives. Uh, I did have one case that uh, was a really tough case, and. Uh, in fact, it's probably the reason I quit doing it, and uh, it was one of those, I don't know if you've ever had one, but it was the nastiest thing I've ever encountered, and I was, I was you know, devastated for months afterwards, mm. and uh, it, uh, you know, I took the guy, you know, you open him up, and, and you find out what's in there, and you do the best you can, you put them back together, and then you tell them, hey, you've just had major surgery. Now, you know, yeah. don't go out and play in the dirt. And what what did he do? He went out and played the dirt. And, you know, two, three two three months later, he's on the phone to me. It's back. It's back. And I'm sorry. I can't help you now. Mm. <clears throat> uh, yeah, that hurts. Pat- Patrick, have, have you ever, um, I mean, there's books out there and there's, testimony of uh, kind of what's described as demonic possession um, mm-hmm. there's a book by uh, Malachi Mark called Hostage to the Devil and it mm-hmm. has five or six case studies of you know it's kind of um, the exorcist kind of thing and if you've seen the movie uh, that kind of a, sure. a level I mean is that something is that on the same just on the same spectrum as what as what you deal with um, or is that something completely different Man, I really hate talking about this subject, but I know Just it's quickly. something that has to be discussed. It's exciting for the listeners. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Here I'm going to go. do a video about it, but it's not something I'm looking forward to either. <laughs> and I imagine it's it's probably a very similar fear where there's so much hype around it, but when you get down to it, it's a perspective thing. But it also is very real. Um, so it is real it is real um, yeah the the Catholic exorcism ritual and this is a very like step by step it's like a recipe doing an exorcism and I'm not sure if most people even understand that it's first you do this then you do that then you do this 
it's a very antagonistic ritual. It's, it's silly. High people. <laughs> it's silly. You could say that's one way of saying it. Um, but it's, you know, tie the person to the bed. It's get someone to hold the person down. It's traumatic to the individual, you know, the person that's, that's actually receiving the service. And the uh, life expense, expectancy of Catholic priests that make this their career choice is one of the shortest life expectancies, too. Mm-hmm. Having said that, what I call workers is what other people will refer to as demons. Mm. It is my belief that when I deal with workers, these are the same types of beings that will throw a Catholic priest against the wall. That is my belief. I've never been thrown against the wall. I have had uh, some kind of uncomfortable experiences yeah um where um a medium that i was working with one time we're in the middle of a session and she had to throw up into a bucket um we had uh work with one gentleman who at the time he was living very close to us so he came over for a session, and um, as soon as we started to work with him on the subject matter, his body started to convulse. Um, and then, you know, he walks out and he's fine. Um, hey, that's kind of interesting. Um, you know, so as soon as he had the, the quote-unquote demon released, he's no longer convulsing, you know, when he talks about this particular subject that he was working on. Um, you know, different things like that. So I do believe that they exist, and I believe that our way of working with the quote-unquote demons is highly, highly, highly respectful. Um, Our way of working with fallen angels is highly respectful. Um, One thing I kind of find weird about my own way of talking is I've noticed that I seem to speak in a different way when I'm talking to fallen angels. It's like I go into an old English way of speaking. It's really weird. I'm Mm -hmm. I'm always like, what's that about? Um, But it's very, very, very respectful. And I believe that's what keeps us safe. And I was talking about the spirit guide that was doing this training with us. And one of the things that he would tell me over and over and over again is you have to come naked and uh, you know, I was like, what does that mean? Because at this time we would use candles and you know, we'd like try to do these invocations of protection. And he goes, when you're dealing with these levels of beings, the fallen angel now, you have to come naked. And I was scared to even like not take notes because I'm always taking notes and things like that. But when it comes to fallen angels, I make sure to clear my lap, clear my mind, and it's just being a state of being. And he says that he used to say, at this level, you cannot do, you must be. Yeah. So do wow. I think that demons are real? Absolutely. Do I think that mm. they follow the same movie guidelines? Absolutely not. But it is yep. scary stuff. How widespread is it, according to your experience, what's the percentage of clients with workers, with fallen angels, roughly? Let me turn the question around and 
ask ourselves, including all of our listeners, how many of us have issues? How many of us have hurts, pains, drama, trauma, or stories that we tell ourselves, unresolved issues from relationships, from parents, from work experience? Everybody, I guess. Does it mean we all have workers and a fallen angel attached to us? I believe that all of us have some kind of attachments. And where there is suppressed energy, we have energy disruption. Where we have disruptions, we will have like a beacon for earthbound spirits. And most spirits that come to us, you know, people think, oh, it's a haunting. Most spirits I've found are like, oh, I feel your pain. I have that same pain too. Hmm. And uh, it's more of a resonating energy, not a haunting hmm. per se. Um, now let's talk about fallen angels and demons, if you will. Most people have some kind of an automatic behavior that they don't like that is um, road rage. So someone cuts them off on the freeway. I live in in Los Angeles, by the way, so I'm very familiar mm-hmm. with this concept. <laughs> someone cuts you off on the freeway, but there are some people that just go berserk, and it's it's like someone attacked them personally. And we all have this, or many of us have this automatic behavior. For some people, it's a freeway. For some people, it might be a crying baby. What it does is that triggers a hurt inside, and it's not that that person cut someone off or cut them off. It's all the injustices that they've ever had are now triggering those demons inside. And that's a very quick way to tell if, not if you have a demon, but where you have a demon. I think many, many, many of us have demons and fallen angels attached, Um but that's my working model. I don't, I don't necessarily know if it's real, but it seems how to be very then, consistent with the work. How then do you, how then do you gauge your results? For example, the the client goes away and their life improves. Something changes in them. How that's are you able to really tell what about. has been affected? Oh goodness, I, I, I just do all this stuff spirit release, uh, past life healing, balancing chakras. And if that person says, oh, yeah, this my life has gotten better, I'm more at peace, I'm, I don't yell at my kids, hey, that's great. But, you know, that's the hmm. same thing a therapist would do. Hmm. Uh, I, th- I suppose um, when, when talking about the attachments or attached uh, earthbound spirits who are reinforcing these ideas like that became attached because of some kind of a trauma in in, in this life. Uh, it was like a beacon, as you said. Uh, if a person, is it possible that if a person were to kind of like, you know, deal with that, like as Neil was suggesting via psychotherapy or some kind of therapy, that, that they would naturally release those kind of uh, attachments because there isn't that beacon anymore or there isn't that resonance? Absolutely, and that's why, again, going back to the work of Sot and uh, Cassiopeia, you know, when I started um, 
understanding, and I still don't really understand all the all the it, but uh, watching Laura's uh, introduction videos and the encouragement of people that you give each other to do the work, and what I'm assuming there is a lot of emotional release work, is, or what I call emotional release work, yeah. uh, self-knowledge, mm-hmm. self-introspection. Yeah, that will release your stuck energy, and releasing stuck energy, well then those spirits go away. When it comes to demons and fallen angels, though, what I found in the past is what it will do is it doesn't release them, it makes them dormant, and very often dormant for the incarnation. Um, We're still dealing with a multi-incarnation effect, but most of us don't care. You know, if we have a good life, that's all we care about. So I highly encourage the work. Yeah. yeah. I have a, uh, a question before you go on, Pierre. Uh, go ahead. Uh, do we have a caller on the line? Yes. <laughs> Hi, uh, what's your I name? I don't know whether this is... Hi, my name is Tor. I'm calling from Denmark. Um, okay. Hello. I'm call- Hi, Tor. <laughs> Hello. Hi, Tor. Uh, I'm call- Hi. Uh, I'm calling to ask about the connection of um, spirit release therapy and karma. Because, and I'm wondering if... Uh, if you look at karma as being, you know, the balance of good and bad deeds, and if you remove something uh, through spirit release therapy, does that in some way upset the balance, or does it sort of take it out of the ledger, so to speak? Awesome question. So first I'm going to address the um, the word karma, and mm-hmm. karma, as you're describing it, is the balance of good and bad deeds. Karma, as it's been explained to me and in the work that I've done, isn't the balance of good and bad deeds, but rather it's stuck energy. So stuck energy, let's say as an example, we have two warriors on a field of battle. One warrior is fighting for his family, for his country, and the other warrior got drafted into service and feels what he's doing is wrong. They're fighting side by side. One will come out of that battle, die, and it's like no karma at all, no stuck energy. I died, and I'm at peace with it. The other one has all this self-judgment on himself. What I did was wrong. It's horrible and vindictive at the people that killed me. That stuck energy is what I call karma. Okay. And so what we do then is when we go into past lives is we help to to release those emotions, release the energy. Um, in the case of the warrior, it's like release the judgment that he has on himself. And so what we're doing is we're just releasing energy, and that mitigates the karma. So, so basically, if I understand you correctly, uh, it is not so much a need for balancing. It is more a question of removing what is stuck. And through the, sp- mm-hmm. uh, the spirit release process, you remove what is stuck, and that would be the same effect as a balancing, more or less. Yeah, yeah. And I guess that's another way of saying balance, is um, when energy is in flow, then energy is in balance. Right, right. It's like, you know, if you have a scale and on one on the one side you have something heavier and on the on the other side you have nothing, and then if you remove you remove the heavier side, it's still in balance. 
Yeah, I like that. Mm-hmm. Great. Well, uh, thank, thanks a lot um, yeah, for answering. I think that makes a lot of sense. Thank you for the question. No problem. Right, thanks. Thank you, Thor. Okay, bye. Well, that kind of leads me to a question I had. Um, and that is, obviously it's a very, you, you kind of play it by year as well as have a, a methodology. Because <laughs> every, every situation is unique. How do I take that? Um, <laughs> well, what I'm getting at is, my question is, what if spirits and or energies attaching and disattaching themselves to one lifetime or many lifetimes, if this is part of a natural learning process for the individual? And do you ever worry or wonder to what extent can I interfere with that? Again, we're having a base assumption, and the base assumption is that we're here to learn. Um, My base assumption, and no right or wrong here, it's just my base assumption, and this is how I carry forward what I do, is that we're not here to uh, learn, but we're here to experience. And part of the experience is carrying forward these past energies, and that past energy can be an energy from childhood. So you have, uh, you know, in my case, I had an alcoholic father, and he used to come home and yell and blah, blah, blah. For many, many years, I carried forward that fear, that insecurity, and then, you know, when I started to understand, hey, I don't have to carry this around anymore, I started to release it. So in my life, I came to experience, well, some would say that I came to experience having an alcoholic father. I would like to think that I came to experience things like, hey, going sailing and, you know, doing all these other fun things, hiking and all these other great things. But I can't fully be present and do these things to my utmost while I'm still carrying those fears and insecurities. Does that make sense? Yeah, but then the thing is, is that the uh, the thing that made you able to release and let go of that was the knowledge that you learned, so that that was the facilitator for a new level of experience. You know, it's like you know, you know I, did you watch my videos on information theory? I've got uh, not yet. I've got two videos on information theory. You know, I'm married to a physicist, and and we talk about these things a lot. You know, trying to trying to find uh, uh, actual scientific explanations for things, and trying to understand things. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know how most people who are into uh, into the paranormal think that that's a waste of time. But I I don't think it's so much a waste of time because it's it's what. Uh, you know, what's, it's what floats my boat is finding explanations for things that make sense. But, Very cool. uh, but um, we uh, we talk about these things quite a bit, and particularly information theory. And the thing that I have observed again and again and again is that it's input of information that changes the state. You know, it's like you have phase transitions. You you add the information of of cold coldness to a sample of water and at a certain point you have a phase transition when that water turns into ice you know or you add heat to that water which is a form of information and 
at a certain point, it begins to boil and then it turns into a steam or a vapor. So you have several states of water. Human beings, I think, are like that. They are like uh, the, that sample of water and you can apply information to them in one way or another and they can change their state. So you change your state from a person who is uh, plagued by your upbringing by adding information, by adding knowledge, by by your awareness, and then all of a sudden, at a certain point, with maybe some kind of work, maybe some breathing exercises, maybe some psychotherapy, maybe some, uh, uh, you know, just awareness type things, all of a sudden you go into a, through a phase transition and you become a water vapor, or you become, I, you know, you, you change your state, but it's because information has been added. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't you say? Mm-hmm. Oh. Well, can I just... I, I, I would say that Go information, ahead. absolutely, you're right, but it's the experience of it, and I guess it's just a different word, possibly, or the way that I'm using the word. Yeah. Um, but it's experience, experience is knowledge. It's learning something. I mean, I think we're here to represents the universe, the cosmos. The cosmos experiences Absolutely. itself through us. And Hands down. It, yeah, and it uh and it uh it likes to learn things because as we experience things we learn things and as we learn things we change we continually change our state. And that's that's what I find to be interesting is is changes of state. And they come sometimes, you know, incrementally. You just add a little, add a little, add a little, and then all of a sudden, boom, there's this big chaotic period in your life, and all of a sudden you're in a whole new place doing a whole new thing, and, and you know, it's just really wild the way it happens. Absolutely. I think, it, I think it's, uh, in a way, it's similar to, Patrick, when you, for example, encounter maybe an attachment that has past life issues okay. uh, and you would call on angels etc to to show that uh, attachment that entity or whatever that person that show show him the re- him or her the reasons why uh, the past life happened in the way that it happened uh, if you know if it's unwilling to leave or it's got a problem and, and basically it, that's information that that uh, attachment is getting and then usually as you as you describe in your book uh, usually they're happy to to go off into the light and i mean surely that would probably apply to alive human beings as well that uh, you know if, if any of us can understand that we've got issues from from this life or um with with someone or an experience and we understand if we're able to understand why it happened because most often it's uh, for people it's this inability to understand why and holding on to a yeah, this is what I, yeah, this is what I've noticed from uh, all of our members, group members, and forum members who've uh, had sessions, is that for most of them, the huge relieving thing that they experience is the information. I had a past life, thus and so, and of course, you know, most people, they don't have any memories of their past lives, they don't have any any clues and so forth, and, and Heather is giving them clues she is uh, talking about these past lives. You know, you're giving information to the, you know, in, in the interaction and dealing with the attachments and so forth. And then they say, you know, I, I've heard them say, um, wow, I never thought about that that way. And then it's like this huge amount of relief. And by having this, so it goes, 
It's like there's a, an intellectual thing that goes along with the energy thing that, that meets somewhere in the middle inside the core of this person, and all of a sudden they begin to understand something, and they understand why they did this so many times and why they kept making those same mistakes. And, and you know, I had this past life where I did this and such and such happened. And so for them it's like this huge input of information from what you do that is almost as important, I think, as the actual getting in there and doing the energy work. Huh. Wow. Well, thank you for sharing that. And thank you for, for putting it in terms that uh, are very familiar to me as well. So I just learned something. So, uh, yeah. Information. Information input. Yeah, well, it, it's, it's I'm, been I'm remarkable. I'm going to ponder that after the show. <clears throat> this, that's, um, that's, that's a very deep thing. I'm going to have to really ponder that. Yeah, because there were there were several people that uh, you know I've had some private discussions with people who didn't feel quite comfortable with uh, write, you know writing about it on the public forum, and they said you know I mean I had this problem oh my god my and then here's this answer and it's like and they'll say my god it explains everything I mean and and it's like releases them to be able to think about their life in a completely different way and it's just amazing i've just been really really impressed by it you know um i have to take a moment out to give a huge thank you to hesper slash Corey. um just thank you from the bottom of my heart for just opening up and just the forum itself, just the I, I only read it for the first time like a couple of weeks ago and I was just so taken aback by the raw emotions that people share, his fears and just the courage. I mean, this is really deep, intimate, personal stuff that people are sharing on there about their sessions and I'm thank you to everyone that's that's done that. I I'm, I'm really in awe of what you've created here. So especially thank you to Corey. Well, he's a real sweet guy. He's been here to visit us several times and just a wonderful guy, and he's a good dancer too. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> yeah, but we, uh, we, you know, we try to run our forum in a very certain way. You know, it's not a free-for-all. We don't allow food fights. You know, we don't allow psychos and wackos and trolls and, and, and that sort of because you know when people are are trying to learn to be honest and decent toward one another uh you, you just can't tolerate that kind of nonsense and people have become you know very comfortable over the years we've been on for what uh seven eight years or something and um, it's just really you know it's really a great place you know like in uh in your session i guess we try to create this uh safe environment, build up trust between yeah. every member so genuine communication can occur. Yeah, yeah. Well, well it definitely shows. Patrick, I was just wondering, I'm just reading from your your book here, The Soul Rescue Manual, which is a great little book. It's very short, but it also gives a lot of information about... Um, We're promoting the book here, people. So Yeah, you can uh, get it on Amazon. It's Amazon. called The Soul Rescue Manual, Releasing Earthbound Spirits. It's written in a very accessible way and very matter-of-fact way. Uh, and it just takes you through the whole process um, and all the theory as well. So um, in your book on 
uh, chapter 11, actually, uh, you say that the premise is that for many people, their own core emotions and issues can become amplified by the presence of disincarnate spirits or other entities. And by, assisting mm-hmm. these spirits in, and by assisting these spirits and entities to transition, the client is then freed of the amplified emotional charge and is then able to deal with only his or her own issues. Um, I'm just wondering, I don't know, this is a bit speculative, uh, and your answer will probably be speculative maybe, but I mean, without these kind of disincarnate entities that amplify this charge, do you think there would be no people on this planet with emotional hang-ups at all, that it would just be experienced and released? and would never you know, really wow. impact people's lives much? Never thought about it. Um, I think we all go through life and have our bumps and bruises, and I think the more that we're able to let go, that the more freedom we have in our choices. Um, I wouldn't even know how to answer that. Yeah, I was just wondering to what extent uh, the... Uh, the, these discarnate entities actually play a role in, in human uh, human life and human society well, and th- the makeup think... of our society. And I mean, if that didn't happen, if that wasn't a reality, if there wasn't a possibility for disincarnate entities to attach to anybody, what kind of society, well, if any different, would we live in? Well, it would probably be better, but I'm thinking that people have traumas. I mean, you can have traumas accidentally, and you know, it depends on your temperament. Like there can be two ba- two babies, and one baby can have an extremely sensitive temperament. I raised five children, by the way, so I, I know what I'm talking about here. Oh my goodness! And one one can one can be very sensitive, and one can be very resilient. And uh, say, for example, mother is uh, uh, dealing with some kind of a, a minor emergency, and baby is fussing. Uh, wants wants mommy to come, and mommy doesn't come immediately because she's dealing with an emergency of some sort. And on one baby, if they're at that moment of imprint vulnerability, uh, it would be just no problem because they're resilient. But the other one would be very sensitive and would feel traumatized through absolutely no fault on on, on anybody's part, you know, because mom does come and eventually. And that's a very common occurrence, yeah. It's extremely common. And so it's, you know, people, I don't think there's any way to grow up and arrive at adulthood in this world without traumas you know i mean and if you go out and you do things creative and active you know children get hurt they fall down uh you know i hovered over mine like a like like a like a crazy person but my you know i still had you know broken arms broken wrists broken leg you know a, a burn you know my children how did had you experience. find time to do all this research with five kids <laughs> Well, I don't know. I've just, I've, I've just been doing it all these years, and and, and I, my kids wow. are really, really great kids. And I, uh, I used to time it so that I did my meditation while the children were taking their naps. You see, and then I would sit up, sit up late at night and do my uh, do my research at night while they were sleeping. And sometimes I would be reading books while I was nursing a baby. You know. <laughs> Kudos to you. It wasn't easy. Uh, Patrick, does it seem like, um, I'm not sure what I'm trying to say here. I mean, how, how many, if you can have many attachments with any one uh-huh. person, and it does seem that at some point at least everyone has them, mm-hmm. then, and 
also assuming that most of them are are earthbound spirits, so they would once have been incorporeal in on this plane of reality. I mean, it, the kind of numbers you're talking about, it seems in my mind, are huge. We've got 7 billion people on the planet today. I mean, are we talking about billions upon billions of previously lived lives that are still bound to this planet? Here is what I want to refer back to Laura's video. And I, I really love Laura's video because there are some parts, I, Laura, I love your humor that you, you allow to come through in the videos. Um, <laughs> it's like, I love this woman. <laughs> I, was, I was watching it. I'm just cracking up at half the things because I could so relate. And one oh, of the yeah. things that she says in there is, I don't know if this is real. There seems to be enough evidence uh-huh. to, think, to suggest there's a possibility there may be some reality in there. And I'm like, oh, my God, that is so how I feel. <laughs> I don't know if it's real. You know, it, there seems to be, there's just enough possibility of anecdotal evidence that there is reality. Um, but I do know it's effective. I know that the working model is effective. And that's oh, where yeah. I go back constantly, yeah. the working model, the working model, the working model. And I don't want to make a reality or, or try to impose a reality on someone or have someone believe something. Um, if anything, it's like if you're someone that's drawn to this subject, if you're someone that can see spirits, please get the manual because you'll just find your, your life becomes so much easier. If you're someone that you're afraid to um, turn off the TV at night, if you're afraid to turn off the lights when you go to sleep, please get the manual. Um, that's really, you know, the reality it, that I, I offer, not the reality that billions of spirits exist. Does that make sense? Okay. Yeah, but you know, I, I think that, you know, I would I would actually try to answer the question by by proposing that. Uh, we live in an infinite universe and that there are probably infinite numbers of planets in this universe mm-hmm. and that uh, there have been probably many cycles of civilizations on this planet and there probably have been other periods in history where uh, there were 7 billion people on the planet and then there was destruction and then it started all over again. So, yeah, I mean, it's possible there could be billions of spirits, you know. And But, but a, a lot of things that I found was that they're not necessarily always discarnate entities, you know, like somebody who actually had a body, but they're like these elemental things. They're like uh, fragments. They're thought forms. They're... Uh, and, and there can be, and people could be like like Patrick was saying a, a while ago, you know, talking about the fragment from the mother. People could be throwing off fragments from themselves all the time, and these fragments could be going to people they know, people they're acquainted with, people that are in their families, or they could be, you know, just kind of floating off, you know, somewhere and, and attaching in China, for God's sakes, you know. I mean, you don't know. Yeah. And, and there was... So that that thing people say to themselves, or they say aloud, <clears throat> oh, a, a part of me will always be with that woman, for example, in that old relationship. It could be true. It could be true. It could yeah. be exactly be true. Oh, my God. Many, many, many uh, catchphrases that you hear in everyday common language has a, a metaphysical corresponding energy to it, and that's mm-hmm. one like, of them. 
I was beside um, myself. So, uh huh. Now, since Laura opened up the can of worms, <laughs> thank you, Laura. <laughs> I, I will say this: I don't normally like to go there, <laughs> but since she has, um, one thing I will say is that mediums will have the ability to see spirits, and that information goes through their conscious mind. So it has, it kind of comes in as pure energy, and then what they see will be reflective of what they know. So if I don't know um, anything about, I don't know, whatever type of alien, but I know a little girl, what a little girl looks like, I may see this energy as a little girl. And here, you know, Heather's been quiet too long. Heather, would you agree to that? Uh, yeah, yes. Uh, I don't really know how to explain it any better than I did earlier, honestly. So <clears throat> when it comes to seeing spirits, it is, uh, like she said, or like Laura said, um, with the TV thing, that explains it pretty well, honestly. But mm. as for feelings, they all feel different. Have you ever have you ever encountered any that you would uh, specifically designate as quote alien unquote? Um, it really depends on the energy, and if the energy is foreign to anything that you would feel around you, then I would explain that more as and not and not uh, fallen or. Otherwise, I would explain that as uh, terrestrial to me. Uh huh. The other category. Yeah, yeah, this other category. Yeah. Yeah. I have another question for Heather. You know, in our world, the world we all can see, there are some very nice places, paradise like with waterfall and beautiful flowers, and some places that are hell like, you know, gloomy and dark and cold. In the spirit world, Heather, have you encountered, while working here or there, have you encountered on the spirit level, on the medium level, energy level, some places that were very charged negatively, or on the contrary, some places that were charged very positively? Did you encounter that, and could you describe? Um, I'm not sure I completely understand, but... uh you mean if I've experienced those other energies or you're talking about nature energies? Well, he's talking kind of, I think, like about is there a landscape to that yes. other world and, and oh. do, you, do you encounter that? When I see other planes of our world, uh, they commonly just, it's more of a feeling. There are landscapes if you pay more attention, but I kind of see it more as a lot of different colors, different feelings. Um, I don't know if that makes sense, but that's just, if I were to focus and stay there longer, perhaps would see more detail. But if I am just there temporarily to get done what I need to get done, then it's just I, the feelings and the colors and whatnot. Yeah, it's business. Oh, okay. And <laughs> going along with, with this question, I would try to be clear. In this world, is there any place like a street, a square, where when you go there, when you are there, re- um, recurrently you have the same uh, feeling coming from this other world, either 
very positive or very negative? Um, that depends on what happened. Uh, commonly when I go to certain parts of L.A., let's say, um, I could feel yes. if something happened there. But mm. other plane-wise, if something is attached there and it has made a home there and had its own kind of thing going on, then maybe, yeah, I could sense that if that's what you're getting at. I'm not sure. Yes, 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 that's uh, somehow, yes. Um, as you probably know, we we do a lot of research into psychopathy and try to understand what these things are, the psychopath. And often the way it's described by the mainstream academics is, well, frankly, they come down to a description of saying there's something alien inside about these people. Now, what they mean simply is that it's foreign. They do not understand it. They try to understand. They try to give you a description of what it is, the psychopath. Um, and I think, I think I've forgotten what, what my question was going to be, but... Um, you were going to ask if they had ever encountered anything that yeah. faintly resembled a psychopath in their work or what their what How their does ideas, it look yeah. on the energy level? Yes, and can a psychopath I, have an attachment? I've seen references to uh, that word psychopath in um, your writings. Can you describe more maybe the context of that word? Because I think well, you're using it in a very specific way, and I don't understand it. Yeah, yeah. When when I when I talk about psychopaths, there's primary and, and secondary psychopaths, and basically, I'm working off of the uh, the scientific research models. Um, and a primary psychopath, uh, in all the literature, the the closest thing that I've been able to uh, understand by you know, years and years of going through everything I could get my hands on is that a psychopath is somebody who looks like an ordinary human being, but they are animated by what could only be described as something like an animal spirit, you know, a predatory spirit that they, they, they don't have the same kind of consciousness. They have no conscience as a human being has, but that's not to say that they don't have certain feelings because they feel certainly you know, hunger and, and desire for power and that sort of thing. So the closest thing I've ever been able to come across for the primary psychopath uh, is, is to postulate that it's like almost like an animal spirit or an elemental type spirit that animates them, but it has access to a very efficient brain. Now, a secondary psychopath would be somebody who has been uh, very damaged uh you know, psychologically in in their young days or whatever, or they've grown up in a, a household or a family where there's just constant violence and damage and so forth. So that turns them into kind of an animalistic type individual because the, the, the experts refer to the psychopath as the inter, intraspecies predator. predator. Mm-hmm. That, that human beings not having a natural predator in the animal kingdom that they have this predator that looks like them, basically. So that's that's the short version. Hmm. Hmm. One of the main features the... being the absence of empathy. Uh-huh. Um, that just brings to mind uh, the book uh, by Shakespeare, Hamlet. 
And um, I had a, a spiritual teacher that gave a complete discourse on uh, the book Hamlet. And he talked about, you know, people throughout the ages have said, well, Hamlet was crazy. Hamlet went crazy because, you know, all this stuff was going on. His life, the story of Hamlet is that he's off to school. He comes back from school and his uh, uncle's marrying his mother. Turns out that his uncle killed his father, who was the king, and robbed him of the throne. Now the spirit of the ghost is now haunting him, saying, avenge me. So people are theorizing that Hamlet went crazy. And the spiritual teacher went on to say, Hamlet was as sane as anyone else, given the circumstances. He was handling it as best he can. And he's being haunted by his father, right? Detached spirit. And um, what you're talking about, I, I don't have any experiences with the first level psychopath, as you're describing. But in the right. second level of uh, psychopath, as you're describing it, um, we do, I mean, that's very common of what we have. Very often, someone will come to the website and say, can you release this spirit? And I'll tell them, well, you know, we don't do that. We don't just release spirits. We work on the whole of you. And, um, you know, many people are in pain, so they agree to that. Um, some people just want a quick fix, but people that come to us, we always find a lot of hurt and a lot of pain, um, which sounds very similar to what you're talking about. And we help resolve that pain in many instances, even accept the pain, because people that don't accept their own hurt, and this happens a lot with violence, um, sexual violence, uh, abuse, is that People know intellectually that they were hurt, but emotionally they keep denying that it ever happened on an emotional level, and as a result, it keeps coming up in their their daily life. So very often, just by accepting, I was hurt, I am hurt, I am hurting, that helps just distill a lot of this pain. And uh, that's actually very similar to the breathing work, as I understand that you teach. Mm-hmm. Uh, so as you're describing the secondary psychopath, that seems very similar to many of the things that we've done. Mm-hmm. Um, we might have a call here, so I'm just going to go ahead and check. I call her. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Uh, this is Lori in Idaho. Hi, Lori. Welcome. Hi, to Lori. Do you have it? Hi. Hi. How's it going? Pretty good. Good. I've been a reader of Laura's since the late 90s, and it's kind of a thrill to make a voice connection. <laughs> anyway, my question is about um, physical phenomena that might tell you that you have certain kinds of spirit, spirit attachments. I, have, I get shocked a lot, just light switches, mm. car doors, um, my dog, my husband. And I have, when I'm outside, I, get, I seem to attract whirlwinds like dust devils, mm-hmm. even when there's not even a breeze at all. And I just mm-hmm. always found it kind of strange. Yeah, so, well, first of all, I'm, I'm sorry that you're going through the painful experiences. Good. Getting shocked doesn't sound like fun. No, I've and, always gotten um, used to it now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's that. <laughs> um, 
but yeah, you know, in session, I I I kind of go into a mode when when doing the session work. Um, I think like the intuitive part of me takes over, and then I'm able to kind of feel underneath your words. And I know the same is true of Heather. Um, but I would imagine that you probably already have some inherent psychic abilities so that even throughout your life, you probably have an ability to to do things regarding electronics that just come very second nature to you that other people don't have. Um, is that about right? Yeah, that's really close. And so when it comes to these outside influences, it's what we've been saying all along is that they're amplifying your own hurts so that your hurts or whatever it is that you're experiencing, um, to use the, the term hurt or fear generically, is being amplified. So uh, you feel fear, they feel fear, now stuff starts going haywire. Does so that sound about right? Me to, yeah, it's trying to tell me to pay more attention to this and maybe use some of Laura's work and put it into practice a little more than I have been. That sounds awesome. Absolutely. <laughs> you ought, to, you ought I, to get a spirit release session, too, while you're at it. Oh, yeah, I'm <laughs> going to. I was going to wait till February so that I get two birds with one stone. <laughs> <clears throat> Terrific. Should we should we uh, announce what's going on in February, by the way? Yeah, why don't you go ahead and do it, Patrick? Thank you for your call. I hope did we answer your question? Yeah. Great. Have you anything else? Thank to... you for that. No, I just uh, I wanted to say that I see I see spirits, I think, but it's mostly if I close my eyes, I can see shadows in a lit room. I can't see them with oh, my yeah. eyes open. They just move around and yeah. What you'll find really interesting is uh, if you get the book or even just read the script. Um, yeah, I already ordered it. <laughs> a great. Just doing that, you'll see things. Close your eyes and you'll just see things, and it'll be really, really cool. Awesome. Cool. Thank you for your time, and thanks, guys, for the Thank show. You for the call. It's awesome. <laughs> see you soon, Lori. Bye-bye, Lori. Okay, bye. bye. Um, yeah, Patrick is going to share a little announcement. Well, again, Laura, thank you for the videos. Thank you for having me on the show. And it's just the members have just been so amazing, um, just so welcoming. And when I read the uh, thread, one of the things that really came across is your members do not give endorsements easily nor do they take them easily and i just feel so honored both heather and i do and as a way of saying thank you to you and to your members um we want to give 10 percent back of any session that uh comes through the website whether it's a member or non-member if they come through the website 10 percent goes back to sot cassiopeia um, including anything booked in the month of February. So if you don't get it until March, um, and just to, to tell you how amazing your network has been, is uh, we don't do this full time; we do it part time. But because you know we're dealing not only with 
one schedule, we're dealing with two schedules. So we we now have to set specific times available between Heather and I. It's like, okay, these times we're going to do spirit release. And um, we are booked like all the way into halfway through February by now. So even if you have a wow. session in March, and that's thanks to the network, the SOT and Castellia. So we do intend to give uh, 10% back. Thank you. Well, we appreciate it very much, and you know it'll go to good views. Yeah, we'll get more. Absolutely, I can I can see that. We have one more call here, so I should uh, probably not keep the person holding too long. Hi, caller. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Hello. Hello. Hi. What's your name? Where are you calling Hi. from? Hi. <clears throat> Hi. This is Gary. I'm calling from Tucson, Arizona. Hi, Gary. Um, Gary. Sure. Hi. Hi. Uh, I was wondering, how does the concept of, of soulmates fit into this whole scheme? Is it, you know, uh, is it a positive thing? Is it a negative thing? Or is it just some sort of Hollywood BS to sell movie tickets? <laughs> I, I, I think see. it's just see. a thing. <laughs> Go ahead. I don't think it's a positive or a negative. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, doing... Uh, easy regressions and one of the things that I tell people about doing um, your own self-regression if you're interested in doing this it's really interesting is just find a quiet space to um, just be in your own space and feel the feelings of your the person that you're in a relationship with and it can be uh, a wife a lover or even your mother and then just allow your imagination to take you back. And actually, Laura gives very uh, specific steps in her video uh, when she's talking about how to do it hypnotically for another person. But if you do that just for yourself, it'll do the same thing. But just allow yourself to feel the feelings of that person and allow your imagination to just lead you where it will. And you'll get a lot of information that way. You may find that your mother was a lover or your wife was an uncle or all kind of interesting things. Um, I don't think it's a positive thing or a negative thing. Sometimes you just enjoy the company of that person. And you'll find very similar feelings in each lifetime. Very often it will be in many lifetimes. All right. Well, that sounds very interesting. I'll, I'll have to take a look at that. So. Thanks for your time. Great. Okay. Thank you for calling, Gary. Thanks for calling, Gary. Bye, Gary. Bye. That's a very interesting, you know, you, you, you found this pattern as well, Patrick, with that people are intertwined in, in their current lives. They seem to have relationships that go back through, you okay, found yeah. through past life regression. Yeah, okay. And it really comes with the level of, what you're interested in, I don't want to say like a higher consciousness because that's not really accurate, but it's kind of like mm-hmm. where are you playing right now? And when you start to get into like these more esoteric uh, understandings and fields of awareness, you've probably been playing with the same group of kids for many lifetimes. Mm-hmm. So when I like surprising that. at all, like. <laughs> we, you know, we've probably done this many times, all of us together. Yeah. You know, it's it's just kind of neat. Yeah, yeah, I think it's kind of fun, and and I, and I I was even thinking, you know, maybe we'd have a radio show sometime in the not too distant future where you and Heather could actually, you know, do some little, you know, psychic razzle dazzle, uh, you know, for callers. <laughs> oh yeah. 
if you're up for it. Uh, I think if we have time, I'd be happy to do that at the end of I this call. I think it's great. I think people would really be impressed. You know, at the end of this call, he said? Not, not at the end of this call. At a, at a certain... He said. Well, I'm, I'm sure, just okay. saying, at, uh, you know, at some point, uh, you know, have some callers yeah. call in and, and, sh- and sh- you know, show yeah. how it's done, basically, uh, on, yeah. on radio. Um, people are always asking me to, 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 to channel, you know, and I've even actually started thinking that I might do it one night. I might bring radio? my damn board yes. in here and, and we'll sit down and let and people, people ask call. questions and and mm-hmm. and go for it. We're gonna hold you to that now. Good idea. <laughs> and we're gonna I wanna know when that photos. is oh, yeah. <laughs> keep you updated. Um Patrick, we're probably gonna end pretty soon, but I just wanted to uh well, we didn't talk so much about all the other things that you do I mean we've just talked about this uh uh spirit release or that that we've personally engaged in with you, but on your website mm-hmm. you have a lot of other kind of uh, disciplines. <clears throat> and I'm just thinking here in terms of people who may be in the area where you live, because you also do you take uh, clients directly and and do per- one-on-one sessions with them for past life regression and other kind of psychotherapeutic. Oh yeah, huh? <clears throat> um, what it all comes down to is the umbrella of emotional release. And when I do past life regression, it isn't for let's find out that you were a nobleman in 18th century Europe. It's not that. Mm. It's just feel the feelings. Just like I was telling the gentleman on the call. Just feel the feelings. Whatever comes up, comes up. Where are you stuck? Yeah. Where does it feel like you're not getting back? It's, it's, mm. it's very much, it's, it's very low key. I even do it mm. over the phone. It's very, very mm. low key. Do you yes, find that it's more? I, I love that. Do you find that it's more effective or there's any difference between over the phone and in person? Um, I can wake up and do it in my pajamas. I kind of like that. <laughs> yeah, I, that's what I like about uh, doing things on the phone radio because, you know, I can... Yeah, but I mean, in terms of effectiveness, was it any better over the yeah. phone? Is there any tangible difference between that, as you've experienced, with over the phone as opposed to the person being physically present? Um, for actually several years, I only did phone sessions, and then um, I started working with a young man, and um, it, because his father asked me to come into his office and do it, and so I did. It was and worked with him, and it was really fun to see the weekly changes. And I opened up an office again um, because I just realized, oh, my God, I missed this, um, seeing the changes in the energy of the person I'm working with. As someone begins to release whatever it is emotionally or attachments, you can see the energy flow. You can see the person walking with their back straight. It's pretty cool. Um, so, so- so you do, uh, with any given person, you can do several sessions, a number of sessions, and uh, get more and more improvements as time goes on? Oh, it's, absolutely, especially with uh, working in one area of their life. And if someone just wants a, let's see how this works, then one session, great. If someone is... Um, having an area of difficulty in an area of their life, we can 
hone in on that area. Let's say it's relationships and I can't connect to people or um, I, I haven't been able to allow myself to allow love in. And we just keep digging, 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 digging. Because, you know, there's only so much you can do in an hour. Right. And by several sessions, you know, one session might be we're focused on past life. Next session, we're focused on childhood. On and on and on and on and on. Um, but, yeah, it's all clearing energy. And we do, we do multiple disciplines all in the same session. In one session, we may do a spirit release, a past life, a childhood issue, balancing chakras, recovering soul fragments. Because working with Heather, and this is one of the things that's really awesome, is um, we're able just to go one thing to the next. Where, mm-hmm. uh, Laura, I'm sure that you had this experience when you're working with someone and you're just uncovering a spirit. The person freaks out. Oh, my God, I have a spirit attached. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's, like, okay, it's okay. It's no big deal. <laughs> takes a half hour just to get past that. <laughs> yeah. And I, I mean, I understand. I empathize because the first time I realized that I had spirits attached, I was freaked out too. So, I mean, I empathize. Um, I had but it's one harder. That, I had one that had reattached uh, over several lifetimes, every lifetime, mm-hmm. you know, like at, like at birth. And, yeah. you know, and it started in a, supposedly in a, and this came out through various methods, in a lifetime in Persia, a very long time ago, where I had been twin sisters with this other person and got into a, you know, kind of a jealous thing, uh, fighting over a man, and I pushed her, and she fell into the fire and died of her injuries, so she was really pissed. So, it was it was really wow. very resistant, did not, you know, absolutely was not going to leave, was going to ruin my life, lifetime after lifetime mm. after lifetime. So we we kind of just we were calling her twisted sister, and uh, and she and she, and she, she she liked the the place that she liked the most was my left shoulder and an arm, and uh-huh. you know I, I had the I had a therapist who was coming in and doing massage therapy on me a couple of times a week, and he was also doing acupuncture, you know, and he'd start working on and damn thing would just move around. I mean it was it was alive. I swear to God, it was alive. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and he. And he would start, he would put in the acupuncture needles and just, you know, I mean, I'd end up with like 40, 50 needles in in, in one area and, and it would move. And, and as soon as it would move, he'd put another needle in and then it'd move and then he'd put another needle in and, and, and it was just really, really, and it finally released um, one night when I was swimming laps in the pool and it was it was just really one of those amazing things where you have the flashes of light and everything and you, and you actually feel it leave. You know, I mean, it shoots out of your arm like a like a like a, a lightning bolt, and it was gone. Right. It, was, it was it was really quite an quite an ordeal. But uh, wow, <laughs> twisted sister. We have uh, another call here, so we'll be generous indeed. Okay. Hi. Well, Hi, Colin. Hello, How I'm you? Ariel. Yeah. Go ahead. I'm Ariel. And, okay, I'm Ariel and calling from California. Um, when is hey, it, I, I guess or I'm calling from anyway is there is there any one of the things I've found is on on some type of a spirit level I find I'm very drawn to I guess you know what they call collective traumas and stuff and when and one of the things that have has got and there's and it's almost like there's 
there's something that tells me that you know if there you know if there's something collective going on there's something weird <laughs> mm-hmm. and, uh, under the surface and I always sense that and I've always and I've always kind of and and then there's that thing blocking me from doing you know from feeling like I can do anything about it is there some is there some type or Heather ever picked up on some type of a collective thing like say you know I know there was an earthquake in Los Angeles you know a, couple of decades ago and then up here in my area we also had an earthquake and just just kind of these collective traumas and all the, and, and spirit attachments coming from those mm-hmm mm-hmm yeah it's ariel you said yes ariel <laughs> ariel well, thank you for calling um yeah so i'd like to answer your question in a general way um, not just for yourself, but for some of the other people listening, is there's a specific type of psychic ability, and it's called uh, being an empathic. And most people, when they think of psychic abilities, they think of the ability to see, either see spirits or see visions or these type of things. Empaths have the ability to feel the feelings of other people. And that's actually my own skill set as well. And so one of the things that we have is, um, just like what you're describing, it really gets in the way sometimes if you don't know how to turn it off. It's sometimes you'll just walk into a room of people and it's almost overwhelming. Or sometimes if you go into a, a crowd where it's a depressed crowd like a, a funeral or something, um, it's just almost overwhelming. Do you have that? Yes. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that tells me right away that you have empath abilities. One of the things is to train yourself uh, how to use it. And one of the easiest ways to do that is I imagine people um, say that you're moody, right? Yes. <laughs> so when you start to feel feelings at a high level, if you just take a minute to center yourself and Ask yourself as if you're expecting an answer. Not just say the words, but ask with a real expectation of an answer. Who do these feelings belong to? And you don't have to name them specifically, but you do have to uh, lock on to the feeling. So the feeling may be depression, or you may not even know what the feeling is. But just lock on to the feeling and ask with the expectation of an answer, who do these feelings belong to? very, very, very often it's going to be an answer just kind of comes from somewhere. You don't even know where it is. But, oh, these belong to my friend Cheryl, or, oh, these aren't mine at all. And then just that acknowledgement, kind of like what Laura was saying earlier about information, right? The information itself will just lighten your load, and you'll be able to continue on with your day. Great. Does Thanks that help? a lot. Yes, it You're does. Welcome. Thank and you for the call. Okay. All right. Thanks, Ariel. Thank you, Ariel. Thank you. Bye. Okay. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, we're kind of more or less out of time, uh, Patrick Bummer. and Heather. <laughs> Bummer. But you know, we should we should like we mentioned our, uh, earlier, we should uh, we should do it again, and maybe we can do something interesting next time. And yes. Um, but yeah. So just thank you both for agreeing to come on the show. It's been great. We've had a really interesting oh, chat, and I think... Thank you. I've really enjoyed this. We can have a super psychic show, you know, and just yeah. just let it all hang out. Yeah. <laughs> and, 
just to uh, just to give people uh, who are interested, listeners, uh, the the website is um, Soul Rescue. Soulrescuesite.com. Dot com. And, and the book, the book is called yeah. The Soul Rescue Manual: uh, Releasing Earthbound Spirits. And you also have another site. Uh, it's kind of longer, emotional and spiritual healingguide.com. So if you just put that in uh, Yeah, what was I thinking when I named that one? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I can't well, even yeah. remember it half the time. That's what Google comes to your rescue. Just put it in there and uh, it'll, it'll bring it up. So, emotional yeah. and healing. Yeah. <laughs> emotional and spiritual healingguide.com. Okay. Um, well, yeah, so thank you. Thanks again, you two. And, uh, you know, I'm Thank sure we'll you to touch. you. Thank you to all your members. Um, we just so much appreciate all the feedback you've given us and just the acceptance into your community. Okay. Thank you. No problem. I mean, I'm really glad there's somebody out there doing it. All right. Thank you, Ava. Thank you, Patrick. It okay. was great to have you. All right. Thank folks. you. Good that, night. That's it for this week. We will be back uh, next week. Same time. Same place, i.e. on the Internet. With a special guest? With a special... Well, no. No special guest this week. <laughs> we'll see. There might Maybe. be a special guest. Maybe you never know. know. You will have to be there to know. Anyway, until then, bye-bye. Bye.